Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I tell people this, your intuition, your gut, I, I think that's more spirituality. And I'm talking about your self-spirituality, not religious. I think it's really about the positive self-talk, uh, the mental fitness that you do. It, it's really about understanding yourself, being okay. You know, we've, we've talked about the Clifton Strengths. Forget about your weaknesses, focus on your top 10. And, and just understanding that the American gift is it's put you in a position to elevate yourself. And I understand that not everything is created even for everybody, but guess what? Nobody outside of an identical twin is created even. And I think that's kind of the divisive behavior a lot of people try to sell because they have their own agenda. And that's why you gotta be a good listener. And the only way to be a good listener, you gotta ask a lot of questions. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershaz, and I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine is about two things. Number one, people are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world. Doing both of these despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story. What made them tick? What got them to where they are now? So it can help you step into your greatness within your own life, business, and career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a CEO to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. Guys, welcome to The Greatest Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde, and boy, do we have a special guest, my man. My brother from another mother, Mr. Eddie Perez, is in the house. Welcome, Welcome Eddie, to the Greatness Machine. This is your first time here, isn't it? It is. It's my first time. Obviously, I've seen some of the episodes, heard great things, so definitely excited. You didn't know I was going to go straight players ball on you, though. No, no, but, you know, the uh, Atlanta-born city boy of myself was very, very happy, though. I'm not going <laughs> to say I wasn't. <laughs> Guys, um, so look, for those of you that are new to the show, you know that you do not know this, but we are about two things. We're about people that are living their passions. And here at the Greatness Machine, it's those who are creating greatness in the world. And I'm going to I'm going to give a little bit of background here. My main man, Eddie, and I, but like most of the guests, actually, you are my first person that I actually work with directly. Gotcha. That is a guest. So this this is a, this is a Greatness Machine first. So, I, so for those of you guys that don't know this, I, I, I work and coach with CEOs. I work with CEOs that's a, and I work with companies, high growth companies. So I have the honor of working with Eddie and his company, Equity Prime Mortgage. And he's, he's I, I don't like to say I have favorite children, but, <laughs> but, but if I had to rank them, we'd have to have Eddie and his team up there, man. You guys, you guys are rock stars. And so I was like, man, I got to have Eddie on the show. Um, but, but yeah, so I've been working with your company now for, we're going on a year. You're my yeah. brother. Yeah, we've been working together for a year. So I've gotten a front row seat of watching Eddie and his leadership. And I was like, man, Eddie really gets it. He, he, I mean, truly, truly gets it. What, what it means to, to, to build a great organization, to be a great leader, to put people before himself. And I was like, man, there's a lot that can be learned from leaders that want to that want to build a great organization. And, and I thought it'd be amazing to have you on the show, man. So I'm so grateful to have you here on the show today. Likewise, it's always an opportunity. It's great. And it's great to see whoever's out in the audience and Hopefully we can give them something that can help them improve a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's what it's all about, man. The show's all about us bringing, you know, our learnings to people so that they can bring greatness back into their lives and into their organizations. And so, um, you know, what I want to do is give a little bit of background on, on Eddie and his company. Eddie's the CEO of equity prime mortgage, otherwise known as EPM. So the average, the average person, human out there, that's, that's a consumer. They're, they're probably not going to, going to know that that's a big deal. But for people in the business, and I come, those of you guys know I'm a recovering mortgage CEO, <laughs> know that, well, no, 
that Eddie Eddie's making his mark in that industry. And we're not going to talk too much about the mortgage industry, but we are going to be talking a lot about building great organizations, you know, really scaling, you know, and, and doing it through through what I would believe is conscious leadership and servant leader leadership. And so, and, and Eddie's backstory, I, I really want to kind of dive into your start, but but Eddie's done that. You know, he's built this company. He's a serial entrepreneur, built the company from the ground up, you know, to now you guys are what, 500 employees now? Is that correct? Yeah, we're right around the 500 employee mark. And you and you you founded the company what thirteen years ago two thousand eight was it two thousand and eight is when we switched to be a lender but we were a broker first starting in two thousand and five so it's been a, a sixteen year almost seventeen year journey this February so you're like a seventeen year overnight success yeah that's that's the way it's sometimes viewed or they think it's how it's understood but as as anything good in life it's a process it's a process of daily improvement. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things I love about you, man, is, you know, is what, from what you just said, is this idea of you're, you're the type of person that, and I believe that a lot of the best leaders do yeah. they, is they go out there and they search for help from people that have been there and done that. And you're a big fan of coaching. So, so yeah. I'd love to talk about that as we get into the show. Cause I think that you have, how many coaches do you have right now? Seven, seven coaches and, and which different parts of my life. That's one of the things I say, cause I take uh, my, my personal health very serious. I take medical health very serious. So they all play different roles in what it is to scale up my whole life. And, 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 and I love that because I think that your perspective around this idea of scale is that it's not just about one part of the life that they all kind of talk to each other. There's this integration be- between them. And, and I'd be curious who, who the best coach is. No, I'm just messing with you. But... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so let me ask you a question. So, so you started EPM, you guys were a broker, you became a lender. Was that your first foray into entrepreneurship or did you do entrepreneurial stuff before then? No, I mean, I had pretty much grown entrepreneurial from a a very young age. My father, you know, my parents came here from Cuba. I'm a first generation Cuban immigrant uh, child. My dad was an entrepreneur even before I was born. So I kind of grew up in the construction business with him. He brought me into the company. Uh, I didn't found it like him, but I definitely at a young age started running the books started watching what was going on. I learned a lot about AP, AR, you know, payroll, employees, how to lead them, the tough part when people just don't show up because, you know, construction is a tough business and it's tough because, you know, the employee staff is not always the most desired employee. It's just, it's a little bit of a rougher edge and that comes with great work ethic, but that also comes, unfortunately, with more vices than normal. So that could mean that they may not show up for two days. That's that's not abnormal at all. So seeing that at a young age, because I started going with my father to the construction site on Saturdays, starting at five years old, and then working every summer since I was probably about 12 with him, because he wanted me to understand what it was like, as well as I think deep down, and he later admitted it, he wanted me not to get in construction. That was the big thing. He goes, I didn't come to this country because this is a very tough business. People are always jerking you around. He says, you know, I want you to fulfill whatever is your journey. But more importantly, it's got to be something you love, something you're passionate about. You know, it's it's starting to get a little bit different today. But back then when I graduated, it was like, you know, can you make it into college? What can you do there? But he had a good you know, outlook when it came to college. He said, college is a great place for you to learn something, but you're really going to learn it out in the workforce. But it's really a time to bridge that adolescence to adulthood slowly so that you can land a lot smoother. So, so you grew up watching your father be an entrepreneur. He, he was, was he, what type of like construction did he do? Like commercial, residential? Was he residential. building Yeah, he so did he, framing and painting for residential homes. So he was he a subcontractor then for GCs or was he doing? Yeah, he was a con- yeah he was definitely a, a contractor for the uh, GCs or the builder. They, they they never used the term GC back then. They just used builder or a developer back then, or at least in Atlanta was more of somebody building like uh, developing more on the commercial side. So your so your, your folks your your folks came from Cuba. Your yeah. mom and dad were both born in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And 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 were you you were born here in the states? I was born in Atlanta, in the city. And, and so you're born in the ATL. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why I played you some out, outcasts because I know you. Oh, I, I know Andre three thousand and good old big boy. Oh, I when I heard the beat, I was like, oh man, we're really bringing Atlanta at its finest. Boom! I went right. I went right for the jugular. I I knew you liked other hip hop a lot, but I was like, you know, I no, I like them. They're good. 
Yeah, hip hop's hard for karaoke unless you're really bad. I like it. I, I I didn't. You just told me. By the way, everyone that, that watches the show is like Darius normally sings the whole song, and I'm like, I don't even try. I don't even try on hip hop. I just sing the choruses. <laughs> well, it's so, tough to keep up with their flow. It yeah, is. Man. Yeah, it's like especially Andre three thousand man. It's like, come on, you know. Yeah. So um, so you um, you grew up. Your folks. Do you have siblings or no? So you're only child. Yes and no, but we'll, we'll just go with yes. Okay. okay I, well, I grew up with essentially, you know, in a first generation household. You know, I didn't know till later in life that some of my cousins were actually cousins. They felt more like sisters and brothers, as well as, uh, unfortunately, my youngest aunt is schizophrenic and bipolar. So my father had to step in and my cousins both lived with us a lot. And we had to be over there and, and really supportive and, and stuck together. So. You know, technically, yes, out of my mom and dad, I'm their only child, but it, it never felt like that. Sharing the clothes, everything that you feel like it, it never really felt that way outside of a different last name. So, so, so did you have family coming over from Cuba a lot, like gr- growing up? Was that like, did you, did you grow up seeing a lot of family coming over or were they already over from, from Cuba? Well, by the time I was born. I was one of the, cause there's 12 cousins on my father and mom's side together and both sides got to be very close. Cause my father, who was the first one out of both families to come to Atlanta, even though, uh, well, actually Miami first, he didn't meet my mom to Atlanta, but he wound up bringing my grandparents, his parents and all their siblings over. So my father became the patriarch. So that tied the 12 cousins, very, very close. I had 10 on my father's side and two on my mom's. And my father was the middle child, so he wasn't even the the oldest or the youngest. He's the middle child of five. So us cousins grew up like brother and sister because we had to work. You know, our families had to work two, three jobs. Grandparents had to take care of us. That's why even everybody that was born here in the States did not know English until they got to grade school. And, you know, we didn't have the means to have somebody to teach you English, so that's what grade school was. And it was a process, and all of us had the challenge of learning a second language and, and having an accent and all of us had to take speech classes to, to break that accent. But like anything else, it was a resilience that I think led to a lot of strength. You know, I got to see kindness at a very young age and I think that's been something that has propelled me a lot in life because there's a lot of, we'll just say BS out there that tries to divide us and, and say that people aren't kind and can't come together and can't collaborate I think that's more of the scarcity mentality versus surplus mentality. There are a lot of people that are good out there. There are a lot of kind people. There are a lot of people that want to elevate you. And I got to see that firsthand, you know, just from learning the language to who my teachers paired me up with that were of different ethnicities in the inner city. Because, you know, us ethnicities aren't supposed to all get along by the narrative that's being sold out there. I got to see that at a young age in the early 80s, which... Yeah, a lot different than today. Let's see, it's not as as it is today. Yeah, and I got to see some real kindness and appreciation, and I just have a huge affinity and you know just gratefulness for that. So I got to see a lot of that by fourth or fifth grade when I finally broke my my accent. But yeah, I didn't see them all because I was the second youngest of all the houses. So 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 because oh sorry to interrupt. So so I I didn't realize this. So so you're. So it makes sense, right? They call it mother tongue for a reason. Your mother spoke Spanish in the household probably from the day you were born. So your first language was Spanish and you didn't learn English till what age? I mean, kindergarten was a little rough. You know, that wasn't kindergarten of today that they actually teach you something. Back then you just played around. And it's funny, my mom will tell stories about how I wouldn't pay attention. It's because I didn't understand. And the teacher would tell my mom and my mom was like, dude, you got to just help them learn English. So it wasn't really till first grade that I really started learning English and I had some struggles. But, you know, my teacher at the time, she paired me up with two different males and they both kind of were became like my good buddies. And I'm even in touch with some of them to this date that helped me learn English. And I always consider that. And then they had speech classes and that's where I had to learn how to break an accent. But that's also the reason why I can probably imitate the whole because I once spoke that way. And that was definitely the way my father spoke his, his English. So uh, I always give Al Pacino credit for not being Cuban. You would never have known that goes to show you his skills, man. Goes to show you his skills. The the, the skill. I love Al Pacino. Um, And and that role is unbelievable. Scarface. He crushed it. Yeah. 
what um you know it's man i didn't know that about you so so i have you want to hear a funny story about when i was in first grade sure so it's 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 almost the opposite so my i grew up my mom is italian american my father's persian his first language is farsi but i didn't but like long i don't need to get into it because it's not my show but my dad basically i didn't really like spend a lot of time with my dad till he was three because he was like going back and forth like because of the revolution in iran so my mom's like mother tongue's english so i spoke like like i don't i can't speak farsi and i'm half persian with the dad that that's the language that he knew and so i got to um first grade my brother and i have a twin brother and so we uh my mom put us in an elementary school near my grandparents' house in Anaheim, California. Now, most people don't know there's two parts of Anaheim. One part of Anaheim is like heavy Latino Hispanic area, and one is like the wealthy, like non, like just kind of more mixed population, um, upper middle class area. Which is, and I and I ended up living in the upper middle class area, but at this time I didn't. So my mom, my mom puts us in the elementary school near my grandparents, which is the like heavy Latino area. And so I'm in first day of first first grade. <laughs> I know where this is going. I know where this is going. <laughs> first day, first grade, sitting there, and the teacher, I can't remember her names, reading off like the names to do roll call. And she's like, Eddie Perez. And Eddie's like, Aki. <laughs> and they go down the list, and all the kids are saying Aki. So they come to me, and I don't, I, I've never been in public school before. I don't know what they're doing. I was like, I thought they're talking about a key, like to the house. So they were like Darius Merchaz day. And I'm like, a key. <laughs> and I thought, and I literally didn't realize they're all speaking Spanish, man. But these kids, like they were kind of like, this is their probably that they were first language Spanish speakers. And I, the whole class was filled with them. So, um, you know, my, I will say my mom moved me out of the school. Cause it was, I was literally like in, in, in an ESL class. And I was literally like, the only i was like english as a first language right but um but yeah it was a funny story like like i it kind of shows you right like nowadays that would never happen you know there's no way that's happening no we, we live in such a different world so and and it's funny you're saying like like 80s early 80s i was like yeah back when you could like beat your beat your kids right like like there was like corporal punishment when i was in kindergarten you know oh no yeah that was <laughs> Nothing different like times. Yeah, much different times. Much different times. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny, and we don't we don't need to get into the to the political stuff. But I was um, I was, ta- I was talking to this woman. She's about our age, um, and I, you know we're all pretty close in age between you, myself, and her. And she's this Korean girl from Southern California, and and I was telling her how much I love the new Dave Chappelle comedy, and, and <laughs> which which I'm making like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm making like a statement right now because a lot of people don't like like they, they it's very like you know heated, and and, and I uh, and and she said, well, look, you have to have grown up a latchkey kid to kind of get his humor because back then, like that's that was like that's just how the world was. He's a he's yeah. a he's a representation of that time in the world as it stands today. And I said, yeah, you know, like people they don't understand what he's trying to. Say. I, I get it. What he's like some of the stuff he's saying is super controversial. I'm not supporting that, but he's like, if you're not, if you're, if you, if what you're hearing, what is I'm, what I'm saying is this, it means you're not listening to me. Right. And I feel like we're, we're, we are in, in such a world today where people are not listening to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, because listening takes active listening, which takes asking questions. You know, listening is not me sitting here, not saying a word for an hour. Uh, I mean, notes are important. Don't get me wrong. Taking notes is important. But it's from those notes that you've got to ask questions to really create dialogue and interaction. And that's really what listening is about, because then you'll really hear what is going on. I think, unfortunately, too many people, and they have to unlearn this, that just because you're the loudest doesn't mean that it's really going to get anywhere and it's really going to solve anything. But divided behavior, you know, because I'm a purist, I'm somebody who always searches for the truth. And the truth is, You know, there's a big difference between your truth, my truth, the facts and the truth. The truth is a process. I think a lot of times when people say, and this is big in leadership, people are like, oh, you don't like the truth. Nah, I probably don't like your truth because your truth, you're missing a little bit of perspective or some details. Why don't we have a conversation? Why don't we embrace some conflict? Why don't we ask questions? And then you will be shocked at what the truth is because the truth is a process and understanding that we are humans 
does not mean somebody is right or somebody's wrong. I, I've broken a lot of people's hearts and they've disagreed with me. Even in any conflict between two people, more than likely it's 50-50, 60-40. It's very rarely, even though our brain tries to teach us and trick us into it, that it's 100% their fault and you're either a victim or you know they don't understand you. Maybe you didn't explain it that well. And I know that that's tough, but that takes a lot of inward appreciation on reflection and it takes an appreciation of wanting to daily improve and you can only do that if you really take inventory of yourself shout out to clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples hey there friends it's darius from shazda here and i have a little confession to make you see i've been battling allergies for years now and let me tell you they've been a real ordeal in my life allergies have been my constant companion it stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin-D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin-D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now, I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin-D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin-D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through, but then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. I love that, man. You're reminding me of one of my favorite sayings, which is there's three sides to every story. My side, your side, and what you said, the truth. Which is a process. It's not a foregone, you know it, conclusion. It's not. And I, I I love the way your brain works, and, and and it's one of the reasons I wanted you on the show. Um, I want to I want to go back to so you grew up in 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 Cuban family that became a Cuban American family. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys moved here from a communist country, right? Your family fled a communist country, and your dad really, I'm guessing, did he have resources or did he start from the bottom? No, dude, my dad actually, with six others, stole a rowboat and rode to freedom. So oh, wow, yeah, he was three days at sea and he landed the day before Thanksgiving. Wow. How far do you know how far of yeah, a 90 road? miles, 95 miles, three so, days. So how long did how three days, three days rowing day and night on a rowboat across the, I guess it's the Gulf. What is that? Is that the Atlantic, the Gulf, the, Gulf, the yeah, Caribbean? The Atlantic meets right there. And what did he say about that experience? It's funny. It's like when I was 15, you know, when I started learning like the gravity of it, 
And I was like, dad, how the hell did you do that? And, you know, he said to me in Spanish, que libertad todo. freedom is everything. Freedom of mind, freedom of spirit, freedom of body, freedom of choice. You cannot mess with freedom because what I've learned, you know, you want to talk about the book, truth or the facts or what I've formulated the theory on. The freedom is the one thing that is innate in all humans. Humans need that freedom because our mind is always moving at a lot of speeds. And our mind, it's crazy. Our mind is only 2% of our body weight, but 20% of the energy we burn. And it's very well known that our, our mind has two objectives to keep us safe and use the least amount of energy. So you got to learn how to rewire it because if not, it'll take you to very, very bad places. That's why I believe mental health is one of the greatest challenges we face as a world. But, uh, it was just, it was an ingrained belief that, you know, America was truly not only the greatest country, but it's, it's something that you and I have talked about that. I think a lot of people out there are not aware of that, it's not really the American dream. It's the American dream to the 7.2 billion people that aren't in America for the 330 million Americans. It's the American gift. And like anything else, a gift is what you do with it. And I'm not going to say it's going to be pretty. I'm not going to say it's always going to go your way, but that's where I always say, you got to think of it like baseball and not that just baseball is my favorite sport, but baseball is truly a humbling sport. And if you live life like baseball, you realize to be a legend to be great, to leave the world a better place, you only have to get it right 35% of the time. 65% is going to be failure. But that in that failure is going to get you a process of elevating other people as well as yourself because you'll then know. I think a lot of people beat themselves up when they don't realize you just got to go three and a half for 10. And hey, sometimes you have great intentions, just like baseball. You can hit it 500 feet, goes to the right, goes to the left a little bit, doesn't matter. But life also, like baseball, works real well. You get some broken bat singles, some ground ball with eyes, things that go your way because you're going up to the plate, keep swinging. But it's more importantly, you're not stifling your creativity. Most people stifle their creativity because they just don't come off the bench and swing. Yeah. I, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Your mind lies to you. Your brain tries to keep you safe. And I tell people this, your intuition, your gut. I, I think that's more spirituality and I'm talking about your self spirituality, not religious. I think it's really about the positive self-talk, uh, the mental fitness that you do. It, it's really about understanding yourself, being okay. You know, we we've, we've talked about the Clifton strengths, forget about your weaknesses, focus on your top 10 and, and just understanding that the American gift is it's put you in a position to elevate yourself. And I understand that not everything is created even for everybody, but guess what? Nobody outside of an identical twin is created even. And I think that's kind of the divisive behavior. A lot of people try to sell because they have their own agenda. And that's why you got to be a good listener. And the only way to be a good listener, you got to ask a lot of questions, a lot of who, a lot of how, a lot of what, a lot of whys. You got to really dig in. And a lot of times just to not agree with them, but that doesn't mean you won't agree with them later. I think that's where this world likes to live in absolutes either, or right. it's not either, or it just may not be today. And I think that's completely fine. You just have to be okay with it. But to answer it, I just think that your mind betrays you a lot until you rewire it. Now, the great thing is, is you can rewire it, but it's a discipline and it is a regimen, no different than you hear about success. Success, mental health, because that's what we're talking about, is leased. It's not owned. It's leased. And you got to work on it daily. And you just have to – and I'm, I always tell people if you want to fix any mental health challenges you have, uh, I had, after my father's death, some pretty bad anxiety over it. Uh, and I was able to break it with what I call my mental fitness regimen. That, could, that is a few things. But if you find three people that matter a whole lot to you and you say, okay, and it could be work anywhere in your life. Say, all right, I'm going to do what I can to elevate them. And then I'm just going to work on reading books, doing certain things, improving whatever my passion is, just to get a little bit better, just 1% a day. I'm going to tell you, you're going to erase all your mental health challenges. Now, you got to do it all the time. That's what a lot of people don't realize is. But, you know, it's um, if you spend an hour or two on you every day, and a lot of people say, well, I don't have time for that. 
You sure as heck have time for four hours of Netflix. You may have to do some uncomfortable stuff and give up some things that you truly enjoy. But you can't sit here and tell me you don't have time to help you get better. That's good for your mental health. That's good for anybody you care about because you're going to elevate them up. And I mean, it's it's one of these weird things that I was reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Phenomenal book. And it's funny. I was like reading through it and I kind of had like, and that's the great thing because you, you read to think. That's why if you don't remember a page, it's okay. You keep going because then you'll have these like epiphanies. But I used to always be one of those like, I don't know why I don't feel like I need to go on vacation. Like some people come in at work and they're like, oh my God, it's the weekend. And I'm like, man, the weekend is a great time to reflect, get charged up, spend some time with family. You can't go in and just so defeated. And then, oh, I need to recharge. I'm like, I, I never understood that. It was pretty simple after I read that book and I had a pretty big epiphany. And it talks about in that book that there's nowhere safer in this world than in your soul. Your oxygen, your lungs. If, if I had to say a body part is your lungs or breathing, no different than when they, they tell you to stop stressing, you breathe because your brain is betraying you. But nowhere safer is within your own spirit. Well, if you work on yourself an hour or two a day, you're working on your own spirit. If you stick to that and you multiply the hours by, okay, I'm awake, say 17 hours because I'm a big believer in seven to nine hours of sleep. Once again, people say they don't have time, but they waste it on other stuff. So I call BS. But when you multiply the hours, then you realize you're on vacation like a month and a half a year. Then you're like, well, crap. No wonder the weekends I can knock out what I want. No wonder the weekends I can jump on stuff. No wonder when I go on vacation, I have a blast. I'm not just sleeping. Yeah. That's it, dude, because you reinvested in yourself to elevate and bring other people up. And I know it's a process and I'm not saying that every day I do it, but I, it's why working out to me is one of my, my own therapies. You know, it's why reading is very, everybody has different ones. You just got to find it. And I hate to break it to you. It ain't going to be watching no TV show, even if you like it. And I love TV shows. So don't get me wrong. But somebody's like, you don't understand me and my wife. We sit there. That's part of my time. Okay. Let me understand something. It's the time you spend with your wife or your husband. That's what's memorable. That time together, laying there, that heat, those moments. The TV is just the medium, so don't bullshit yourself. It's it's really about that time. That's perfect. That's awesome. Don't say it's the TV show. Don't tell me that. Don't tell yourself that. That's what I always say is we lie to ourselves more than anybody else. There's nobody we lie more to than ourselves. Oh, I can eat that meal. Oh, I can. I deserve it. I'm not going to sit here and say... You know, I used to, a lot of people don't know this. I used to smoke for 10 years. That's why I don't call myself a non-smoker. I call myself an ex-smoker. What kind of, what kind of cigarettes did you smoke? I first started with Newports. Oh, menth menthols? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. I started first with Newports. Then I moved to Marlboro Reds. Then I moved to Marlboro Lights. And then I eventually quit. Wow, man. You got after it. Yeah, yeah, that's not, you know, thank God it was 17 to 27. I always wonder if later down in my years, even though I've had a lot of exams, if I'll have something that comes back, you never know. But that's not something I can worry about because guess what? I made that decision. I always tell people, instead of point the finger, follow the thumb rule. If you follow thumb rule, that means you have a lot of self-awareness. And with self-awareness comes a perspective like, okay, I can actually do something about this. That's reassuring all in itself. That means, hmm, I got this. I can do yeah. something. Okay. I just got to go three and a half for 10. That's where you give yourself a lot of positive mental health. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things. Pizza, pink unicorns, core values, and down dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, the biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment. 
and you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there, you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end, and it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's DariusScale.com. And now back to the show. So, so you, you said, so I, and I, I think you mentioned a couple of the things, but you said that you have, is it three parts of your fit of your mental fitness? What are the three things that you focus on for your mental fitness? Uh, there are three categories. There's mental health, mental wellness, mental strengthening, mental health in my truth. Nobody else's, I'm sure somebody will argue it, but I think it's the, to get mentally here, you got to do things. So it's exercise, supplements, sleep water intake and diet. And I didn't say go on a diet. No, you're just eating, fueling your body well. Diet means die. Just take the tea off. Die. <laughs> die time. Just put a hyphen and just call it die time. It dies. You got to right. go with a lifestyle, a regimen. And I'm not saying you don't here and there. Look, I still, there's certain things I haven't cut out. You know, I'll still have pizza every once in a while. I'll still do things. It's But it's really getting the right proteins, the right carbs, water by far being the most important. That's what you really got to, and then supplements. And, you know, one of my advisors is my doctor, but I get my, my blood checked every quarter to see everything from, I had low magnesium. I didn't know. I started getting better magnesium, man, my sleep got deeper and better. And all of a sudden I'm better. Like, I don't think people realize the, these small little tweaks. I mean, heck, we got something right here on my desk. Uh, this is an oxygen natural supplement. My oxygen, since I started doing it, has gone up 1%. And people are like, oh, what's the difference between you know 96 and 97? Uh, you would be shocked at how much it is. What, so what's what because your oxygen has gone up 1%, what's what's the biggest change you've seen in your in your life? Focus is better, sleep is better, my relationships are better. There's pretty much nothing that isn't better. Oh, and, I I love that, man. I mean, it's just when you feel better, and I always tell that to people. Like, so the first part when we're talking about mental health, exercise, it's not to look good. That's a byproduct. That's like shockingly, the more people you make successful, miraculously, you do better. That's, you don't do it for that reason, but that's kind of a byproduct. And that's kind of what I always call the anything that goes good or bad in your life. I think it's all about your ROR, your return on respect. You pay respect to people, it just goes with it. But that has to be an innate belief that you believe in doing the right thing and you got to lead with that honor and that respect. But it's not about looking good. It's about feeling good. I always say that. Somebody be like, man, you look great. Man, you should see how I feel. I feel amazing. And that yeah. everything in all your conversation, even you'll pick up one little detail that you may be able to give somebody else or even give yourself or give one of your kids or give a older family member that really can open up some windows for them. So you really can focus on that. So that's what I call mental health. Mental wellness is what some people call mental health. I think that's your advisors. And I think that's what you work on, you know, your daily, your, your plans like that, who you, who you associate with, who you run ideas by. And I'm not talking about just work and your advisors can be anybody. I always believe it should be your significant other needs to be one of your advisors, probably your biggest fan, even if sometimes it's the hardest critiques, but yeah. because they get to see you in, the good, bad, and the ugly, unlike some people just see you one way. And that's humbling and that's okay, you know, maybe asking a lot of, well, why do you see that? What can I do better? And your advisors really help you level up, but you got to be vulnerable. You have to just say, and if you don't like the word vulnerable, I just tell people, just be radically transparent. If you just be radically transparent, if you don't like vulnerable, if for whatever reason that bothers you, or if your mind's playing tricks on you saying you don't need to do that. And then the third is mental strengthening. That is in my belief system, Reading, writing, uh, reflection time, meditation. I think those are all powerful that you got to do. And if you follow that formula, I'm an embodiment that anything's possible. I've always believed anything's possible in America. And that's why I don't call it a dream because a dream is just a dream till it's a reality. Then it's a gift. And that's why I call it the American gift because it's really about what you're going to do with it and who you're going to bring along and elevate. It's, it's no shocker 
the people that have elevated the most, that have had the most authenticity. And the great thing is, in this day and age today, the opportunity we all have that 40 years ago didn't exist was, as sad as it sounds, is that how damaging times help. So the 2008 crash was all about moral hazards. It was okay to run the economy off the cliff as long as you made money. Well, that kind of left and the generational change came. So now it's all about what is your social responsibility? Are you being a good person? That's why culture is so important. How do you bring people up? How do you teach them leadership and development? Well, the internet, metaphorically, when I say this, created the world flat. Think about how many 18 to 20-year-olds are millionaires now off Instagram. And you said 20 years ago, Instagram. Somebody said Insta what? Insta potatoes? Insta grits? What are you talking about? Insta <laughs> So the internet now allows you to be authentic. And that's what I like because if you make a mistake in a video, if you say something, that's cool. That's great. That's what people want to see because there was a lot of inauthenticity that led to the crash. And now, you know, could you imagine some of the scandals that happened in organizations 30, 40 years ago? That would have caused a lot of issues. And, and rightfully so, they would have been held accountable on a scale now because that's what those platforms did. They were really relationship builders. You can build more relationships. More people can know who you are and really build your own brand. But it's really a brand of authenticity that you need to build. And it's okay to talk about your mistakes very candidly. I remember the first time I ever met with a PR firm 10 years ago. They were like, oh, no, no, don't talk about your mistakes. I'm like, right. what do you mean? I think that's great that people understand that you're only going three and a half for 10 and that's okay. Yeah. I, I love the way you think of it, and the baseball analogy is a great one. I know you, that you obviously have a big background in base, baseball, but this idea, this components, you know, everything you're talking about is around these like components to success, right? Like components to happiness, components to wellness, this components to living a great life, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like, like literally, it was just like you just made a, a list of things that the average listener is probably like, some I know probably. But I know personally do a lot of those things and others I know struggle with some. I mean, I struggle with some of those things. What is your advice for someone that's starting off? Because like, you just named a hundred different things that you should do. It's like, oh, and I watch you, man. You're a machine. You know, you got your like protein chips. You drink a lot of water and you're taking your supplements. You work out like a madman. You read all the time. You have a ton of people who, who you've invested in bringing into your life. You know, you're always out there looking. You're a learner. But you and I both know it didn't start that way, right? So what was the, like for the average person that's listening to this, what's like the first, like if you said, Hey, just go do this one thing to start with and make that consistent. What would that first thing be that you would think someone should do? So this is a term that gets thrown around and sometimes good or bad. Uh, I'm going to look at it. Just the definition. I'm going to tell you whatever, whatever you want to accomplish in life. You want to be a great father, a great mother, a great brother, that personal development, whatever it is, whatever your passion is. I want to be the greatest teacher, whatever it is. It has to start with you first. And that's actually what I believe self-made is. A lot of people say, I'm self-made. No, it takes an army like you just talked about to elevate. Plus, it takes you elevating an army too. But regardless of whatever you want to be in this life, it has to start with you. And it can't be a fake it till I make it. Right. You have to believe whatever it is that you want to do. And you may not know what it is today. It is okay. We are all going to live a lot longer, especially if you take care of your health. We all can start careers much later. Plus, because of, like I said, the internet, you can now advance at record speeds. I mean, somebody can have no social profile and four years later be a mega influencer getting paid gazillions. That's four years. I mean, that's not even college. Think about that. I mean, I did a loan for, we did a loan for an influencer, like teenager crushing it yeah and but they knew who they were they understood their passion and they ran with it and but i always say it it, it starts with you but what i will tell you is you've got to take care of your mental health you got to because we've seen very successful people like kate spade anthony bourdain people that were admired good people we're not talking about somebody that and, and name calling somebody that's really judgment on you so you got to really look in the mirror but we'll say people that aren't considered kind you ever go to that darkness 
it doesn't matter what you have, you're never going to get out of it. So you got to really work on your mental health. I love that, man. Got to really read. It's really powerful because um, we as humans share so much. I mean, it's not even funny. I mean, it's it's like one of the things I always say that some of the unlearning that needs to get done. And, and luckily, I know this very well, being Latino, is even, you know, you know, the word race. You know, I tell people like, look, race is the human race. It's 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 a worse species. You know, I, I say this and it's true. Not till there's aliens can we really not be racist, but that's what we've been taught. That it's really ethnicity and ethnicityism. Luckily, being Latino, and you know, I've talked about that and I've gotten to learn it is we're white, we're black, even a percentage are Asian, Jewish, obviously Aztec, Incan, Mayan descent. So we've shown that it's really an ethnicity. And that's very powerful because I think if people started realizing that we're 98% the same, then the 2% would become a big party and, and something to be cherished. And I think that's some of the unlearning that's got to be that language is very powerful. Right. And, and you don't eliminate a word. You have to educate and come forward and embrace that conflict forward. And there's, like I say, is still there's aliens on here. You know, it's really ethnicityism and ethnicityist. I think if people started realizing that, as well as started people realizing that, that Latinos understand a lot because we've only been in this country 50, 60 years for the most part that, and we had to mold into everybody else's culture in this country. And, and now we're the largest uh, minority in this country that, but we blended in because we all come from so many walks of life that I think if we all focused on diversity and inclusion of thought, because your thought comes from 25% of your wiring 75% of your makeup of where you grew up, how you grew up, what went on, what you don't want to be or what you just fall in the same category. You really ask those questions and really step into that. You're really going to get people that look a lot different and think a lot different, but together you can work cohesively because once again, humans can work co cohesively very well when they're not being fed lies to divide us because we're 98% the same and we will flow like a river together. Well, you know, you touched on something earlier and, and, um, I want to, again, like a lot of, a lot of the audience, you know, they're going to be learning about you and this is maybe their first introduction to the beast I know of Eddie Perez, but, um, <laughs> too kind <laughs> you are, man, you're a beast. I love it. It's fun. It's fun hanging out with you. So, you know, this idea of embracing conflict and I want to kind of talk about a conflict. You had some conflict with, uh, with that ended up national news. Can we go there? Sure. I think it's important because I think it like the way you handled it was like a fucking champ. Number uh -huh. one. And uh -huh. I think most people would have taken the advice of some of the PR people you're talking about a second ago and it, it ended up, you know, going your way, uh, at least from my perspective. So I want to, I want to kind of give a little bit, I, I didn't give the, I gave your background. I didn't give the background on how we connected. So Eddie and I met, April or sorry, early May, 2019, when I was still CEO of TMS mm -hmm. and he was coming to potentially check us out to be a potential client of ours on a subservicing platform. And we met in New York city in a room at the W hotel uh, where we were hosting clients. So fast forward, I leave TMS, uh, in November and I do my book launch. I don't know, for whatever reason, I was like, oh, I should reach out to Eddie. You know, I was trying to get support for the book and I knew that you were like doing some cool stuff on the leadership side. I reach out to Eddie and and I asked him if he'd support the book launch. And he graciously supports the book launch, buys 400 books for his employees. Probably didn't even know any, you know, the book was about core values, which was, which I know, I now know he cared about. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, you didn't have to do that. He did it because he was being a cool guy and wanted to support me. And maybe a couple weeks after that, or a couple months after that, we, we, we reconnect. I think I was just weird. Just, I was like checking in. And we're in the middle of a phone call. And he's like, I got to go. <laughs> And, 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 and that morning there had been this, like, essentially a shooting in Atlanta. Is that correct? There had been a shooting. Pretty famous shooting. Pretty famous shooting. Yeah. And, and I don't remember the gentleman's name that it was, what was the cop's name? Do you remember? Oh God. What was his name? I mean, I know the last name, uh, well, but yeah. 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 So, so, so it was at a Jack in a box and it was all caught on film and it was like this like really tragic shooting. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, that his stepmom was your director of HR for your company. Is that correct? Correct. So 
you know, without going into too many details about her performance, she she basically like you, you didn't want to, you, you asked her to leave the company right after this, right? Uh, a few days later, like four days later. It not had nothing to do with the shooting, right? It had to do with it had to do with her performance as an as an employee. Well, what it had to do is we supported her from day one because it was the stepson, and we told her to go home. And as soon as I sent an email saying that we are putting her on leave, paid leave because we feel like she needed to take care of her family. Yeah, a lot of people came forward and a lot of documentation and statements were made by people, like I say, of all walks of life. Once again, nothing to do with the stepson. And I had a cultural situation. I had to make a decision as a leader and, and it wasn't just me. It was all the leaders that, that got together and voted on it unanimously, not even one. And of course, like anything else in today's day and age, they decided to spin it because it was an election year and yeah, we were the first part of cancel culture, but from the far right, you know, usually it's the far left. So yeah, we, um, so hold on. They, so let's back up for a second. So you, 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 you put her on, you, like she takes some time, like something crazy happened in her family. She leaves and then all these problems pop up, like, which, which happens a CEO of a company or entrepreneurs know, like, like, like you ever want to find out if there's problems, the banks do this, by the way, they make their employees go leave for one week out of the year as a way to see what problems there are. Because if you leave your desk unannounced, like that's where all the problems pop up. So the problems pop up, you guys ask her to leave. Fox News picks up, picks picks this thing up. Is that correct? Well, within three hours of her termination, Fox News is calling us. <laughs> it was obviously very planted. And I always tell people that you have to understand in those situations, you can't get emotional because there's a man and you got to play the man. And you don't know who that is. But like I say, is ego has a way of showing its way and you just got to play the game and, and play like understand how it works and you have to ride it out regardless of how brutal it is. Because, yeah, I mean, we had we made it on national news multiple times. I, I had personal death threats. There was a bomb threat on the building all for not. Sorry, go ahead. It was just sad how it worked out. But like anything else, I knew the truth. I knew what was going on. I knew the documentation. It had nothing to do with what they said. Did it look a little suspicious? Of course it did. Yeah. But it would have looked a lot suspicious because we found out immediately that Monday had I done it that Monday. It didn't happen until that Thursday because – and it really didn't go down until Wednesday when I sent a company-wide email. And mind you, she had only been there 100 days. And there had already been a couple of reprimands from there. And then there was just a slew of people that literally came here crying saying, look, here's what's going on there. I had to make a decision. I could have done like a lot of people and just left her on leave. But I knew culturally that would have affected the organization. And that's the tough part about leadership. And yeah. it's funny. I did a post about it today that managers do things right. Leadership's about doing the right thing. And a lot of times it ain't pretty. And a lot of times it's going to be painful, but it would have been more painful and more of a betrayal. When you lead people, you can't betray them to the organization. Had I left somebody around because I was scared and, and we knew there was going to be retribution because she had bragged to us about all these people calling her and, you know, they were using it as a battle cry. And, and you know, um, we've been very supportive, like I say, all walks of life people and, you know, including law enforcement it had nothing to do with what got painted out there. But unfortunately that's what happened. We stuck to the guns. And then as they say, the truth sets you free and the truth is a process and it's never pretty. And unfortunately, you know, we showed what was going on and nobody apologized. It was kind of like, you know, the, the lights turn on and, and the roaches all run away. And I mean, I had people who wished my children would die, and, but that's yeah. once again, on them. And that's why I tell people about awareness. It is the people that are the most aware in the situation that bear the responsibility. If somebody is ignorant or unintelligent and unintelligent just means you don't know knowledge. I'm very unintelligent when it comes to quantum physics, chemistry, and all sorts of stuff. And I'm not arrogant, you know, to say, oh, it has nothing to do with your IQ. I just don't know that stuff. And that's okay. The responsibility really bears on them, and that's what it takes to be a good leader. And as crazy as it sounds, and I understand that, look, and I had leaders here saying, no, you got to go on the offense. I said, no, we're just going to add fuel to it. You just got to wait. 
collect your dust. And then we know what we did. And sure enough, it, the truth came out and it, it showed the difference. But, you know, that's just, unfortunately, we live in a society today that, you know, politicians and, and, and people like that can say awful things about you that really affect you. And, you know, that's that's the downside, unfortunately, of freedom. But it's better to be free than anything else because they do have the freedom of speech. And, yeah, that sucks. But what would suck even worse would be what my parents came from. And that's why I say it's the American gift. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. It, it sucked. I really felt for my employees and I really felt for you know, my wife and kids and, and, and the situation like that. But that's, that's what makes America so great. And that's why it's a gift. That's why it's the American gift is unfortunately, even the ugly side, you've got to be still appreciative that you can do that because it did allow for a comeback and it did allow for our organization to grow because then people really knew about our character as well as very humbling because of how many people came to my defense throughout the industry and all over and how many people stood up because they said, no, this isn't fair. You're, this isn't your character or the character of the organization. And I said, that's okay. Cause it, the, it'll rise to the top. Yeah, man. I love it. And, 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 and I watched it like literally like the morning it was happening was when we had our phone call you had to jump off of, and then, you know, coming on the other end and we had a conversation today, you know, I'm doing this leadership development program called foundational leadership, um, with FLC with his, with Eddie and his team. And we had a conversation today and this, you just reminded me of it right now. And, and I didn't realize I'm putting two and two together. I didn't realize that, you know, I said, well, there was a question around, you know, changing one's behavior because people will abuse a situation. And I said, I said, and I, and I kind of gave an anecdotal story about what I would say to my business partners when they wanted to do that. And, 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 I, and, and what I'm touching on is kind of what you're touching on, which is, I don't believe in managing the lowest common denominator. And I believe that a lot of the times the, bureau, the bureaucrats, the politicians, the media is creating a lowest common denominator that everyone then manages themselves to. And, and it, it takes, and it works. Point. I hate to say that it's powerful when it works. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why they do it. Right. There's an incentive. The incentive system benefits them at, but, and this is the big, but, and I want to, and we're grounding the last few minutes of the show. And I want I want to go here to this one last spot, because I think that this is where people like you and me see things a little differently than maybe other people. I believe that to your point, this, the truth will set you free. We live in a, the most, a more every day we're alive, the world becomes more transparent. There's a fight for more transparency. There's a fight to eliminate the bullshit. And I believe that conscious leadership is the answer to all these problems that we're dealing with right now. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, look, like if you want to fix the ills of the past, you have to go through this pain right now because this is the change. The change change is painful. We're in the middle of it. We're like, oh, the world's gonna end. Doomsday is here. And I said, people have been talking about doomsday since the beginning of time. I mean, the Mayan calendar. I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah. So my, my question for you is, what excites you about the changes you're seeing right now amongst the pain? What excites you and makes you motivated for the future? And what 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 are the things that you're working on to really make that change happen? Are you saying like as a society? I would say as an individual leader, like what excites you about the world we're in today and what, and how do you see what yourself playing a role, a part in, in creating oh, this? I mean, I, I think the, the digital economy is going to revolutionize the world in a good way. I mean, if somebody's, I, I mean, I know somebody who's a teacher who got tired of being a teacher now teaches English on zoom to China and makes double the income. I think there really is globalization and now that that comes with challenges but like any great challenge that just means more and more opportunity i mean look at it you know 40 years ago there was a lot of company uh, countries that had not adopted capitalism and even some of the most communist countries like china have adopted parts of uh, capitalism that has risen so many people out of poverty and I, I think that's what people don't understand is that american capitalism in itself is very powerful, not the initial capitalism that was created by Adam Smith, but American, because look at what Theodore Roosevelt did with the antitrust, because even pure capitalism can lead to monopolies that do lead to a form of communism of repressiveness. There does come to a point that certain regulations are good because 
humans are humans, brother. We're going to do things till we push it to a certain limit. But that doesn't mean that you you stifle freedom. You actually create more of it by creating more of it. And I mean, go look at Standard Oil. Got busted up to thirty four uh, companies, and then in the the show, the men who built America, it wound up making them more money. And I think that's what it, it goes from that scarcity surplus. So I think those are just going to be a lot more surplus. I think there's going to be a lot more opportunity you know, for that type of mentality. And I just think there's got to be a lot of unlearning that needs to be done. And I think what excites me the most is you you don't necessarily have to go to college if you find what you want to do. You, you can learn a lot on YouTube. You can build your own brand. You can build an organization. I think the plain entry field is going to be lower. The gig economy is legit. You may have somebody that works for eight different places you know, five hours because they like that variety. But more importantly, they have that freedom. That's what excites me. They have that choice. They have that ability to do what they want. Not, I got to stick somewhere for 40 years to get my pension. Yeah, I love it, man. So Eddie Perez, it's 2021. What's Eddie Perez going to be doing in 2041? Still the same, trying to get a little bit better every day. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it, brother. If you ain't growing, you're dying. It's just that yeah. simple. And I'm not going to say that I'm not going to pass away one day, but I would always like to be wiser, you know, at 70 than I am today. That means I've always constantly had the pursuit of self-improvement. And I think that's one of the keys also to your own mental health that you can get a little bit better every day, but just a little bit. That's Everybody wants to get that leaps and bounds, and I get it. And you can make leaps and bounds because – you improve a little bit, it actually adds up a lot faster than you think. Yeah, it's, really it's, nice. it's probably the eighth one of the, of the world, man. That's the law of compounding interest on oneself, right? Yeah. So, um, so look, um, I, I'm sure there's going to be people that want to connect with you after listening to the show. How, how can people find you? Uh, my handle on Instagram is at Eddie, E-D-D-Y-G, Perez, P-E-R-E-Z, Jr. Uh, that's the same on Twitter. Uh, Eddie Perez on LinkedIn. I spell with a Y uh, from EPM as well as Facebook. That's usually yeah. the best. And then you can always go to our website, epm.net. So, guys, you heard it here first. My man, Eddie Perez, changing the world one truth bomb at a time, embracing <laughs> conflict, getting better 1% every day. And I'm, I'm proud to, to be your friend and I'm, I'm grateful to have you on the show, my friend. Likewise, brother. And I hope that we definitely. Uh, brought some value to some people and, and helped them know that it's going to be okay. And it's really about the investments you make in yourself because uh, I heard this a long time ago. It's so true. You can't change the world until you change yourself. Boom. Mic drop guys. Love the show. Had so much fun. Until uh, next time. Peace out. We love you. <laughs> you are listening to the greatness machine and that's a wrap for today. Guys, the greatness machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world. And we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, you'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster, show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons, and you will also get links that came out during the show. So on there, look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We out of here. See you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. 
Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.